Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Billy. And we're watching American Goth. I just want to say, before we officially get started today, any of our listeners out there, you know, who who are of the goth variety, you fucking rock. Goths are cool. Goths are fun. God, when I was in high school, the goths were some of the happiest people. We truly were. I could ever meet. Just, and the, like, one guy at ENSS that had a mohawk? Such a sweetheart. He was lovely! I had him in my philosophy class. He ruled. If you're allowed to express yourself in high school, yeah. you're pretty well-adjusted as an adult. <laughs> you're good, Eric. I believe his name was Eric. It's been a while since high school. I do remember the story of he, he, he mohawked all up for graduation on, on high school graduation day. And then he put on his gown... And then he looked at his cap and realized that wasn't happening. <laughs> I think he, he hung it on his mohawk on a jaunty ankle. <laughs> but it was fun. Goths, punks, juggalos, whatever you are. You're No, we didn't have any of those. In I our high no school. we didn't. I feel I, like face paint was probably off the menu. They w if they didn't let you wear a hat, they certainly weren't going to let you wear a juggalo face. <laughs> what are we doing here today, Amelia? We're talking about goth people. We are, because we've watched the episode of Be Cool Scooby-Doo titled American Goth. We don't start with goths, though. We start with we a land deal. Real estate developers. Mm -hmm. Another man shaped like a Mr. Man design <laughs> makes me want to vomit. <laughs> And a, a woman who is just hell-bent on destroying this abandoned hospital so that she can get it at a good price. I love the man's reaction of just, honestly, it was in pretty good shape before you got here. He's smart enough not to know to mess with a woman with a sledgehammer, but also is not going to totally let her have her way. And then the tentacles show up, and it's a whole different kind of cartoon. The trees from Evil Dead show <laughs> up. And pull this lady into a deep, dark hole. Not really. She's just under the porch. Yeah. <laughs> and presumably gets out. Do we hear about her fate in any way after the cold open? No. No. Sometimes they just kill off a person like this and they, they expect us to roll with it. But I feel like, you know, the cold open's really nothing. Once we get into the story, it gets a little more interesting. I'm going to start off by giving you a premise, Amelia. Shaggy turns goth to impress an old girlfriend, then has to prove himself in her cult while a plant monster is on the loose. <laughs> Take that in. Cult is a strong word. It is. It's a strong word, and I think the term that you're looking for is friend group. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> friends is what you're looking for. You mean like friends? As John Mulaney would say. Because, I mean, it's just a, it's a group of, I mean, presumably, due to the ages that we're seeing, presumably young adults more than teens, 
who are hanging out near or inside a abandoned hospital. But I, I wouldn't call this a cult. No. There no, is a hierarchy and rituals, but I don't call it a cult. The thing is, though, this was not written by a goth person. No, certainly so not. So all those, like, I only know of goth from the tropes that I have seen being made fun of since the 90s. Yeah. It's like, like, I'll admit it, I was a goth in high school. Billy met me in she, a goth phase. Yes. Before going punk in my 20s, whereas it's where my heart actually lies. But, like, my friends didn't talk about drinking blood and shit. No. Like, these these goths are. We talked about which Marilyn Manson album was the most listenable. And I'll be honest, the conversations I had with Goths were like, whoa, Teen Titans was great this week, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, that Red X arc. Like, He's so cool. <laughs> we wouldn't stand around and talk about blood. And I know proper Goth representation isn't really as important as LGBT or POC representation, but the, the jokes are getting a little old, don't you think? Well only the blandest white dudes still think that mocking goths is a joke. It's just such like a profound misunderstanding of why these cultures began and why people do them. And, and admittedly, they do kind of poke a little hole at that. Velma does poke a hole in it when the goths are like, we won't accept any outsiders. And Velma's like, but the goth movement started because you were outsiders. And I think this episode does get a good amount right. I think in terms of actual goth fashion, it's it's pretty meticulous. It does have, like, a good swath of, like, actual complicated goth trends, not just black eyeliner and that's it. I also think the Chase song does a really good job of, of being... You're gonna... You will be more expert than me at that, but I got good goth vibes. But the one thing I do think it does get wrong is that goths aren't like the the teens in the in the Ninja Turtles movies. You know how like in the 90s you would always find a club and it was like an abandoned hospital and kids were skateboarding and they were there there was music like that was a cult. <laughs> that was a cult. But this is, you know, goths are are just going to probably hang out at home with their loving families. But lest we spend this whole time talking about the goths Let's talk about the gang. From cults to gangs. <laughs> okay. The Fred Factor, whom I have the least for, but I feel the most important point needs to be made is that he is ready for vampires at all times, except for when he actually finds a vampire. Where was this wooden mallet and stake when he was up against that Nosferatu-looking motherfucker? I'm gonna say, Fred learns from his mistakes. Earlier on... They met a vampire. They were not prepared. So they, you know, it was a little complicated. I that was a messy it, mystery. I find it very hard to believe that that was the first vampire they had ever encountered. But it was, I think it was some of the most trouble they had with a vampire. Like, if you remember, they had uh, replacements lined up for Shaggy and Scooby. And for all intents and purposes, Mystery Incorporated thinks that that pair died. They think that that pair got converted into vampires and were taken away. So now Fred is ready with a stake and a hammer. He has those in his glove box. And he, he admittedly, he doesn't drive that stake through the young girl's heart that he meets. But that's because, you know, Shaggy vouches for her. Other than that, he'd be right in there. I like something that Fred says 
when he believes that two people liking each other is a mystery to be solved. This feels very Mystery Incorporated, Fred, to me. Oh, very. Like, that, it seems like our big flashback to that, to Fred understanding everything through the rules of a mystery. Like, he's he needs to be like, oh, my heart hurts, but in a good way when I look at Daphne. And then yeah. he has to work through that like he's processing a mystery. He's not picking up hints, he's picking up clues. You know, I, he doesn't take a signal from a lady, like like her... her what's a signal that ladies give to I don't <laughs> know, people I've, know I've, that they're interested? There have been nights when I've taken off my underwear and thrown them at you to try yeah. to get your attention that I was looking for something. And I'm too busy looking for footprints in the hallway. Yeah. It's troublesome. Also, absolutely love uh, Fred's complete dismissal of any intent that this plant monster might have. Because they're fighting a plant monster, and they're talking about motivation, and Fred says, dirt, water, light. That's a plant's motivation. He got it in one. He got it in one. <laughs> that is correct. Now, admittedly, it, it'd be really cool, Fred, if you maybe kept your mind open to it possibly being someone in a costume, as you normally try to solve a mystery like this. But I enjoy the fact that he's like, dirt, water, light, what else is it? Next. <laughs> Fred's allowed to not be interested sometimes. Also, I mean, you knew it was coming. Fashion report. Let's talk goth Fred. Everyone I think he's the only one that pulled it off 100%. Oh, 100% for sure. As I said, as we watched, the only one in the gang I want to see in bondage pants is Fred Jones. And they, they do do certain little, like, uh, you know, they have their own goth styles. And I would say Fred leans a little more towards that, like, 80s cyberpunk kind of goth. He's got that, like, swath of, of, of pink face paint, eye makeup going on. You know what it is, where it's just like a horizontal line against the brow. And, and he's got a little bit of that of his fringe dyed, too. A lovely shade of pink. It works for him. He's shamed out of his orange ascot, because apparently that is like a, a waving a red flag at a bull for goths. Uh, so what he goes with instead is just a nice black cravat. Yeah. He need Fred needs to be busy around the neck. You know what he should have done? It should have been the, like, the cravat tucked into, like, a waist jacket, but maybe hint of orange and some sort of brooch. Ooh. Could have worn a brooch. Yeah. Or, you know what? Take the ascot right off and just show off your neck tattoos. I know that's why you've been wearing the ascot, Fred. That's why you refuse to let your neck go bare, because you've got these bitchin' neck tattoos <laughs> that you don't want anybody to see. Are they just for him, then? If you're yeah. describing them as bitchin', but he has to hide them. They're well, just they're, for Freddy? They're bitch. It's it's from his, a previous time in Fred's life. He's not proud of it. All that time he spent in a gang. Yeah. As opposed to now, when all it's he does a, is spend his time with a gang. With the gang. <laughs> it's the definite article, and that makes all the difference. Uh, the Velma vision. Velma opens this episode saying... She's been conditioning herself to get over her social anxiety by saying, instead of party, autopsy. So she's pretty goth already. She would rather go to an autopsy than a party. Yep. Which is, I mean, 
Yeah, some parties are definitely a no-go, but I also feel like some autopsies are also a no-go. <laughs> a little bit. But you know what? She gets to th- this goth party, and it's just her speed. I think in another world, Velma does go goth organically. I feel like she would fit very nicely there. They could all write their fan fiction together. And please... I fucking love fanfiction, so please don't take that as in any way discriminatory against her or goths. Uh, And as I said before, she was confused about goths hating outsiders, since they are outsiders. What did you think of Velma's goth outfit? She had like a floor-length Victorian number, yes? Uh, I believe so. Let me just fast forward to get to the actual part where they're all gothed up. Because I feel like this is going to be our most important talking point of the episode. She's, yeah, she's got... Like, what looks like a corset leading into some petticoats. Mm -hmm. The sleeves go right down to the wrists. Don't seem to have any ruffles, though. Daphne's rocking the ruffles. Daphne's also got, like, the big... But Velma's also got some red ruffles at the throat. Mm -hmm. They're mixing time Does she have a choker? Does does Velma have a choker there? I think that might just be the very high collar. Okay, it's tough to draw a choker on anyone here, because their necks are so very narrow, except for Fred. (laughs) Scooby. Scooby's got a spiked collar. I feel like the spikes are leaning too far into punk. I never knew a goth to wear this many spikes. Mm. Well, you know what? Scooby's a punk and he don't change. Goths and punks intermingle all the time. Absolutely. I'm a punk and my best friend's a goth. That's why she's my goth girlfriend. Do you have anything else to say about Velma? I just wanted to point out that even though she seems to understand the goth movement of like from a social anxiety standpoint (laughs) yes she doesn't understand it as like i don't get the goth thing i think implying like the people element of it i don't know how to describe (laughs) it like of course you don't understand what humans do ever velma Mm -hmm. but you seemed to kind of almost get this Seems like a backstep for her to enter this and be like, okay, this is my speed, I like this. Only for five minutes later for her to be like, I don't get it. I don't get this. How do you act different from everyone else if you dress the same as everyone else around you? Yeah, yeah, that was okay. Look, there's only so many fucking colors I can dye my hair as a punk. If I run into another punk person with blue hair, it's not like we're suddenly the norm. And this is, I mean, what it is, is it's also like, it's it's like a found family type thing. You're, You're dressing differently than all of like probably the people in your normal life. And you're, you're creating this new group with the goths. I th- I think Velma could have done very well with the goths here. We just need maybe, like, write in a character for her to bond with. I know that doesn't work with the fast pace that we go at here, but if we were going to spend a little more time in goth country, I think Velma could have uh, done very well for herself. On to the Shaggy and Scooby shenanigans. The whole reason that we're here is that Shaggy is meeting up with a childhood friend. You know, they were childhood best friends, and as Shaggy says, they even kind of sort of liked each other. Romantically. Yes. However, it's been eight years since they've seen each other, so they were like ten at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Shaggy hasn't changed at all. But his friend, Amelia, Ugh. certainly has. Okay, okay. 
I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm going to talk about it again here. Absolutely no one, when I was growing up, was named Amelia. Mm-hmm. I was the only Amelia <laughs> on the face of the earth, and you cannot convince me otherwise. I went to five different schools, from elementary through high school, and I never met a solitary single other Amelia. It only became a fad name. I want to say around 2010 is when it started picking up speed. Mm-hmm. No way in hell this bitch is named Amelia. <laughs> Born in 2000? Are you kidding me? No I mean, one was being named Amelia in the year 2000. I'm backing that up from personal experience. So, <laughs> this is why I hate hearing my name in media. Because it's all characters, like, around my generation. And it's- No! No one else on Earth was ever named Amelia. <laughs> this is uh, this is such a sticking point for you. And I I'm don't know. I'm sorry I... I didn't grow up with the name Billy. <laughs> yeah, there were... Fucking every other character in television is named Billy. I am so you... nonplussed by Billy's showing up in things. You got a disposable character you need to get rid of within the cold open of an hour-long television drama? Name him Billy. You need <laughs> You need a redneck? Billy's here for you. <laughs> no one was ever named Amelia. So it really it it hurts me mm-hmm. when I hear it nowadays. Also, I'm I'm going to just go out on a limb. The fact that the character named Amelia is in a romantic entanglement with Shaggy. You could you describe <laughs> this as an entanglement? I truly do. Okay. <laughs> I I think it is a romance for the ages. For the ages. For you the say. ages I say. Shaggy, when he goes goth, let me just talk about this fashion report right off the bat. He starts by by stealing a dead goth's cape and wig. I don't think so he's dead. He may have been sleeping, but I interpret him as being quite dead. Uh, and Shaggy, he becomes a top hat and cape goth. Yeah, he sure does. He, and as much as I, I am a goth-affirming individual... The top hat and cape goths are a bit much. Leaning a little towards Doctor Who, and I won't stand for it. <laughs> um, and he's, he, he does it for love. He even says, I've decided to dabble in this little culture of yours, which is an odd line for Shaggy to say now that I'm <laughs> reading it out loud. Well, it's because all the goths talk in this super exaggerated way. Right. Like, a dog becomes a hound-type stereotype of them speaking. So Shaggy's trying to emulate that. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, He does uh, drink the juice of a a sacred ritual that he's described. I I don't remember what was in it. The purple potion. Described as dragon blood, three-eyed raven tears, and the fluid from the pancreas of a black widow. And it ends up just being grape soda. Mm, and I have juice. to say that I would rather drink the purple potion <laughs> than grape, grape soda. Sorry to all our grape soda drinkers, but it is disgusting. Also, like, you're gonna, you're gonna test Shaggy on initiation, and it's about food or drink? Well, this Shaggy would balk at that. He won't eat that's any true. food that's on the country of Ireland. But so there was there was no dragon pancreas in that. He does have trouble spending five minutes in a morgue drawer. 
which I thought he would quite take to, because you're safe in there. <laughs> True, I nothing, guess. Nothing can quiet. get you. Yeah, nothing gets you in the morgue drawer. Um, and it, but I mean, at one point here, Scooby he sees Shaggy changing a lot for this, and Scooby likes the old Shaggy. Uh, and Scooby, admittedly, he does join in when everyone goths up. Scooby is equally as goth. He's got fishnets on his top legs and chunky boots on his bottom. Yep. He's got hair somehow now. It's blue. Yep. Got a wig. Spiked collar. He has piercings. I think Scooby is the only one who has actual piercings once they go. Yeah, they give him a septum piercing. Yeah. Scooby, though, it doesn't play into the jealousy angle. Of, like, one of them is in love with a female. Exactly. And so the other one has to be jealous. So that's at least refreshing. Scooby does seem open to the idea of goth culture. Because yeah. uh, Amelia at one point mentions a vampire bass player. And Scooby's like, that would be so cool. And I'm sorry, but ain't nothing making a bass player cool. But I'm glad that he, you know, <laughs> He's didn't into take it. the jealous yeah. route. I actually didn't even think of the fact that we're not getting any jealousy in this episode. That That's actually big points for it for me. Because we're very, very tired of that shit. Yeah. The, the gang actually being, like, friends with each other here. And, and like, Scooby being, like, happy that Shaggy's finding someone. That's great. And I, I do like the fact that Scooby was just like, don't lose yourself, bro. Still be true to Shaggy. And it, it all ends up with Shaggy just making the fuck out with Amelia. She takes him for the final union ritual. And Scooby's like, oh god, she's gonna sacrifice him. And it's like, no, bro, calm down. She's just gonna fuck him. Yeah, we are both sitting here being like, they're gonna bang. Like, They're this is absolutely just, gonna bang in the abandoned house. This is just about hospital. sex, y'all. Yeah, and then we open the door on them, and they're kissing. And Shaggy does have to wipe a little lipstick off of his mouth, like it got everywhere. But it wasn't quite all about sex. They were married <laughs> by the rituals of the goth. But then she's kicked out of the goth club, yeah. and she's just like, "No, you fucking idiot! We're not actually married." Right? It was just like a little a joke thing. You have to fill out paperwork for that. <laughs> yeah. And I think Jenny was happy to get with her, happy to like to have this connection. Maybe not specifically ready for marriage, which I get. If she was like, "We're married now," okay, you're rushing it. I'd like to point out we didn't talk about this with Fred, but. During the trap moment at the end, Shaggy's running from the monster, but then Fred shoves him out of the way to be the chasey, which is interesting. That is nice. We I've talked about this before, that Fred doesn't do enough running away from the monster. It's nice to see him take on that role. But on to the Daphne Dilemma, our mm. last gang member. She is unable to say the name Amelia. Which is... She says it in the van, and... What does just... she even say? It was, I just remember it being wrong. It's, it's like, did Gray have a mouthful of Vicodin at the time? Because Amelia? Like, Amelia? Amelia? I don't know what <laughs> syllables or letters she put in there, but like, Jesus Christ. I could, I mean, hit me up, Gray. I can teach you how to say this lady's name. I have, <laughs> I've said it many times now. Not always to her liking, but many times. At least pronouncing it right. He's putting the correct amount of syllables in it. Yep. Um, Daphne is being empathetic this episode. The, the yes, she doesn't actually do any of her standard Daphne bullshit. There's no 
roller skates this episode. She's just being empathetic, which is what Daphne should be all the time. Yeah. And she's she's really picking it up with Fred because Fred is like he he cares fuck all about plants. So Daphne is really pushing him to be empathetic here and actually give a shit about the mystery. And and to be empathetic with the Goths as well. I like seeing it. This Daphne's the heart. And I like I like seeing the heartbeat. Yeah. So no, she doesn't need to learn Portuguese while she's <laughs> hanging out with the goths. Let's just make her normal. <laughs> but ooh, ooh, here's what you do need to do. I said before that Scooby was the only one with piercings, but no. Daphne has this, like, fanged bottom lip piercing, which is so fucking cool. I, li- I like Daphne's uh, goth look. Maybe because she had her hair, like, loose as well, too. She usually, as she usually have it pulled back? No, it's just usually it's just, not teased. It's just teased, big. yeah. But no, I like I like that Daphne had the like snake bites happening. Mm-hmm. See, I knew you would knew that. No, but that was actually called. If I hadn't gotten the vertical lip piercing, I would have gotten snake bites way back when. Nowadays, I really want like the one that goes right here, the labre. I think it's called below the nose, but above the lip, right, right. onto the like the tissue there. Mm-hmm. I thought symmetrically that would be nice with the vertical lip. That would be, you have a nice symmetrical face too. So no, I actually could, don't have a symmetrical face. I I really think you do. Look at me. Well, not you're looking at me at an angle. Yeah, I, look at you I have straight to on. sit up straight. Oh well, I'm not sitting up straight at all. I have terrible posture. I can tell you, I have a non-symmetrical face because the fucking vertical lip doesn't <laughs> sit symmetrically in my lip. Fair enough. I got cheekbones though, so I'm doing fine. <laughs> and you know, from Amelia to Amelia, let's go to the minor mentions. Shaggy's childhood friend is a goth now. And so are her parents? Yeah. <laughs> what? Her parents are also goth, and there's no way their teenage daughter would also be a goth. She'd rebel by being a prep. Yeah, it's that's, very that's weird that's to see that. That's how teenagers work. Um, but I, you know what? I liked Amelia. I thought she was very sweet. Uh, the moment in the van when they're laughing and she snorts. And Shaggy's like, oh, you still snort. And she's like, no, I don't. I stopped that years ago. Yeah, but you're with Shaggy now. And you're reverting because, you know, your childhood crush is here. I, th- I, th- I thought she brought out good qualities in Shaggy, too. Which is nearly impossible to do. <laughs> it is. Especially after this many years of following him around for us. But, uh, yeah, she brings the gang to her new friend group who are the Night Shadows. Which is a cool name for a friend group. Sure. What's, what's the group chat on my phone right now? Something remarkably stupid, I'm sure. Talking frog doodles. You're the. We're you're the, the talking frog, frog doodles. doodles. And uh, that's not nearly as cool as the as the night shadows. The main players of the night shadows are a dude named Dorbin. <laughs> Which, who, that's a goth name. He, he seems middle-aged. Yeah. This is a 40-year-old dude grooming teenage goths, and that is so wrong and creepy. This is the one thing you gotta look out for, goth listeners. Because honestly, th- I remember this being a thing as well. Don't ha- If you are an adult, don't hang out with teenagers. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I am in a dark area right now. I want to have more fun. Let me talk about Lord Morlack who is a child 
with... Or has some sort of disease that just makes him have a child's body. Well, because Lord Morlack has, like, a pitch-shifted British voice. It sounds like David Bowie on one outside. His album from the 90s, which... I... It was, it was like a hyper circle, he called it. It was uh, weird and freaky and off-putting. And he has these like sketches in it where he's like, I am the baby Grace. I don't know what I'm doing now. Like it's, it's like that. And that's the vibes I got from Lord Morlack here. Cut in a little bit of. Cut in a little bit of Segway Baby Grace right there, Amelia. Oh, thank you. I don't a know what you song just for the talked ages. about, but I'm not going looking for it. It's a, good, it's, a, it's a great album. He just went a little high concept with it. Last is Jeff, the security guard. No one bothers him, and he doesn't bother anyone. He's gotten over the lowest bar a white dude needs <laughs> to get over. The man is practically a hero. He is is the security guard of the abandoned hospital. (laughs) Who is paying this man? Well, presumably the hospital is owned by someone. Okay. They're trying to sell it. So maybe even just like the real estate companies. Like, just make watch the cameras. If it wasn't for sale, anyone could just move in and be like, squatter's rights. That's what the goths were doing. That's what I thought the goths were doing. Well, they're getting away with it because Jeff don't care. Okay. Yeah, squatting trespassing is substantially different. But that's all the minor mentions. I think it's time we talk about uh, the villain. A fucking plant. The plant <laughs> monster. It's, it's a collection of vines that act like tentacles and form together as some sort of like large wolf-type beast I described it as. Like, at least a very big dog. Because at one point, Shaggy and Scooby dress up as gardeners, and they start pruning away, and they turn it into a poodle. So I think in its natural state, I think it's pretty fair to call this, like, a, a large, you know, dog... A, a betentacled dog plant monster. <laughs> sure. Total wasted poten- potential here. By making it like one fern that got out of its pot, <laughs> as opposed to just having the green turn on the game. Oh, gang. yeah. If it went like full tilt and just any plant life whatsoever was a threat. That it's got a face is incorrect. This is not how you make a plant monster. Someone go consult Poison Ivy. Well, I mean, I'm okay with it having a face and even it being like the one creature. I think because it's it uses the tentacles, I think it pulls from a different source of horror there to actually be this sort of like unknowable singular being. Its mouth also froths, which I think is great. That's just chlorophyll. <laughs> Well, look, now he's got a little bib. (laughs) I see where you're coming from with the whole, like, tentacles thing, but I don't know. Anything that has a face and can therefore express human emotion, but it's not a human, it's another type of monster, like, it's... It's just incorrect. So if you th- would, if you just yeah I can I see what you're saying I if it was no give face at all. Cthulhu a human face. 
He wouldn't make Cthulhu go like, oh no. <laughs> I've been a bad Eldritch monster. Like, no. I wouldn't give him the ability to make me feel sorry for him. It's Cthulhu. <laughs> I all, yeah. I also wish it was tied in a bit better with this being like a, an abandoned hospital. Because they have the one bit where they talk about how there was a mad doctor who conducted cruel experiments on plants and created this one monster. Remember the last mad doctor we had? Harem Scarum Sanitarium? I was thinking Harem Scarum Sanitarium. And it was literally just a doctor going around performing like lobotomies and shit? Yeah. Scooby-Doo did not use to pull its punches. And I don't blame the creator so much because I feel like if you showed Harem Scarum Sanitarium to, like, network standards today, they would just mouth agape look at you. Like, what the hell are you giving us? We're not airing this. Make it a plant monster. My big criticism that I think I will have for this plant monster, and, and I was thinking about this before, it is not explained at all how it operates, how those tentacles swing about, when it's revealed to just be a man in a mask, as you know it will be. Some episodes go to lengths to tell you how this actually happens, this and this is was not I've one of them. I've been saying about Be Cool since the beginning. They either have really technological enemies that they then go to great lengths to explain after they catch it, but then there's no lore for that enemy at all. Or it's the reverse. There's mm -hmm. lore, but then the villain at the end of the episode doesn't get an explanation of how it's doing the things it's doing in its costumes. And it's like, maybe you cut some of your other quote-unquote jokes, so that you can have both lore and an unmasking yeah. explanation. Because I find those both very valuable. If I were to, you know, have to choose between lore and explanation, I think I would go with lore, because that gives me more to grab onto throughout the whole episode. Yeah, but then if you do something as inhuman as a giant plant, yes. you better at least show that dude in, like, stilts or some shit. Like, well, And you know what? We did see the one goth in very high boots. So that could have been like a fun, like, how do you do this? Ooh. Under the mask of the plant monster, it is Dorbin. Dorbin the goth. Dorbin did not, remember the days of Brad? Brad, <laughs> Brad, Brad the, the goth. goth over Dorbin any day. <laughs> um, but Dorbin didn't want their hangout to be sold uh, or literally, for anyone to upset the internal power structure. Literally just didn't want to lose his clubhouse. This 44-year-old yeah. man hanging out with teenagers. <laughs> didn't want to lose his clubhouse. Go join a renaissance fair, my dude. <laughs> so feasibility, I put rather low. I don't think it's feasible because it, there's all the tentacle whipping that happens. And I don't see one hint of how of how he did that it comes apart into multiple tentacle pieces how's there's a man in there i say it's feasible for his plan to just keep people away though however i mean if shaggy's capable of seeing that the monster only goes after them when they're investigating and not when they're just being goth yeah then your plan is probably pretty piss poor because the stupidest person on earth has <laughs> figured it out I also, I wish the Goths had kind of latched onto the plant monster a little bit. Like, they thought it was really cool. That's how you make it a cult. They see this plant monster protecting their hangout and their way of life, mm -hmm. so they start worshipping it or some shit. At the very least with candles. Because you know Goths got candles lying around. 
Is it scary for you? If it didn't have a face and was just a sentient plant, it would be pretty high for me because I like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. As of right now, I'm giving it a three, and that's based entirely on the cold open when it lurked under the floorboards and you only saw tentacles and glowing eyes. You go so low when, when you're not happy with it. I have very high standards. I don't know how you've escaped them all these many years, but Scooby-Doo <laughs> villains will not. Yeah, I mean, I want I wanted to go high, but I I mm. see the face. The face didn't phase me too much. I'm okay with the face. It kind of even seemed like an eldritch face to me. So honestly, everyone at this at this point, I'm just frustrated with the scale that I have been ranking things on. And I don't know how to escape it, because I have set a precedent. So how can this be anything but an eight? Because it's not just a regular person. I have a problem, everybody. And I need your help. The suggestions of how to how to help. Do I have to redo everything? All of them? Do I gotta do five hundred four hundred and seventy-five re-rankings? Yeah. That'll be our five hundredth, is me re-ranking <laughs> all five hundred villains. Holy shit, is that feasible? Let me know if we should do that. Spooktacular? Yeah. Ah. I could do it in song. In song, you say? <laughs> I remember way back when I wanted for our, like, 100th to sing the villains' names to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire. And it, it was wildly unfeasible. But I think now that we got a higher number of villains, it's even less so. General thoughts and feelings on this episode. Um, I've got a few. First off, one small town would not have this many goths in it. There are like 25 of them all hanging out together. Yeah, you have you... like six tops. Six was the number I was going to say as well. Uh, second, once again, really tired of the this, these trite goth jokes where it's like they all sit around and talk about drinking blood and blah blah blah. And it's like, no, they're just regular kids that like the color black. <laughs> Let them fucking express themselves. They don't have the nerve to shave their head into a mohawk, so they chose goth. <laughs> Thirdly, the chase song music. You said you liked it. I did like it. But it was not goth. Okay. What was it, though? It was an acceptable song for a Scooby-Doo chase, but it wasn't goth music. Like, y- y'all know that goth started as a branch of punk music, right? Because Susie and the Banshees appeared... And no one knew how to classify her. So she was like the heart, the beginning, the seed of goth. And like music is the heart of goth. You should explore and celebrate those roots. Not just have these fucking aesthetic posers up here. I thought that sounded. So you would would have preferred an actual goth song. Yeah. Okay. I cannot imagine that the Sisters of Mercy is like unobtainable for the WB's budget, you know? Uh, I mean, look, if we were, if it was 2003 again, I think you might be right, but I feel like there's, the the spit shine that's put on Scooby-Doo is not as plentiful as it used to be. Uh, I want to mention this red-robed goth-off, where a bunch of uh, red-robed figures appear, and Shaggy and Lord Mordock, was was that his name? Morlack. Morlack. Uh, have a goth off, all the red-robed figures becircle them, and pull out pictures of cute animals. 
And the purpose is that they have to stare at the cutest animals without showing any emotion. Again, fundamental misunderstanding of goths. Goths would ooh and ah over every single one of those pictures and tell you what good, good boys those otters are. Because, <laughs> like, here's the thing, bland white men that are writing these jokes. These cultures start as a way to rebel and get away from the expectations of the norm. Like, if this was a stereotypical jock-off where the football team has to not show emotion over cute things, yeah, you better fucking believe that that's what they right. were doing. But goths, they've already chosen to live on the outside, so they they are going to take this shit to an extreme. It's mm -hmm. the same as in Japan with uh, kawaii culture. Like, girls started this and they're overly cutesy and they do all these things because it annoys authority but it especially annoys men mm -hmm. they want to hang on to their childhoods as long as possible so that they're not just seen as someone's future wife so they go over the top and they wear all the lolita shit and it's all pink and frills and fun and cute and like that's like the exact opposite of what a goth is but it's the same it's the fucking same spectrum. mentality so bland white men please fucking stop you <laughs> suck that being said, I really liked this episode. <laughs> I really liked seeing this the the their version of goths here uh, as a little subculture. I thought that I had a lot of fun with the fashion report, seeing what everybody was wearing today, and just the like little like cast of characters they had. Lord Mordak as this strange pitch shifted British child. I didn't understand it, but I enjoyed it. Just fuck Dorbin. But the rest of it, gold. Um, I enjoyed that we actually kind of saw them not only hating each other this episode. Yeah! And Daphne didn't have any Daphne du jour bullshit to wade through. And, and Scooby not getting jealous over Shaggy is good. So And Shaggy getting laid! Overall, <laughs> I mean, he needs it. Like, relax, guy. <laughs> That's wh that's why later on in the episode he was just like, "Hey Scooby, how you doing? <laughs> Where are we chasing a monster? Let's go figure this out." Character-wise, this episode does nail it. I'll give it that. But I said at the beginning of this that I'd never go above a Scooby maybe. Are so... you Are you are you does this one make you feel the twinge though? What did I decide that is a Scooby maybe and a Scooby neutral exactly the same? Is a Scooby neutral like a, oh, other people will like this, but Amelia just doesn't want to say Scooby-Doo? I, I can't I don't remember. know. I, I will give I'll this give a, it a Scooby neutral. Okay, I will give this one a strong Scooby-Doo. It's not getting the same absolutely uh, that I gave Grease as the word, because that one just, like, was, was such a delightful surprise. But I really liked American Goth, so it gets a Scooby-Doo from me. Listeners, if you would like to reach out to us, we can both be found on Twitter. I am at the Billy Seaguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia, and we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dews. Our next episode is titled "Omelets Are Forever." I wish you could see me pinching the bridge of my nose. I, listeners, Amelia, it's an episode about a egg, and there can't be anything wrong about that. And on that note, that's it from Scooby Dooby Us. The Scooby Dooby. Long one today.